0: Hello, this is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware with our sermon for Father's Day in 2020. Definitely a different Father's Day for sure. And today we're going to be reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. And today I'll be using the new international version. Um, I usually use the and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight, and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him bread, because he is his friend. Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So what are little girls made of? Sugar and spice and everything nice. What are little boys made of? Snips and snails and puppy dog tails. Does anyone remember that rhyme? It came to mind as I was reading the last part of our passage today. Now, I know it really talks about snakes and scorpions, but it made me think of this rhyme anyway. I'm not especially into traditional roles for boys and girls, so I thought of many little boys and little girls who might ask for a fish or maybe an egg. Some of them would probably think it was cool to get a snake or scorpion, too. I wouldn't, but there are some who would. Was Jesus saying that snakes and scorpions were bad gifts? It's rather interesting that Jesus seems to be talking to men who are fathers here. I say that since it's obviously a man with children in the story. Was this Jesus' first Father's Day message? This is what the world is celebrating today, right? Now, Father's Day is a secular celebration and not a church celebration. A lot of churches today may mention it, but there are some who won't because they feel that it isn't something the church should get into, based on the thought that what we need to be talking about is Jesus and not lift up a specific group of people. Now, I don't always do a Father's Day message on Father's Day, so I get it. Another issue is that just like Mother's Day, this holiday has a lot of different emotions with it. Some fathers are doing a great job, and their children love them and respect them. Some fathers have done a good job, yet in spite of that, they have children who don't seem to care about them at all. I recently heard the story of a father whose son stole all his savings, and then his daughter ran up his credit card bills, wrecked his car, and kicked him out of his own home. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Let's just face it. Like some of the mothers in the world, some fathers don't do a good job at all. Neglect, abuse, absence, and their children are hurting and broken. Yeah, celebrating Father's Day can be a challenge when you consider all of that. So why put ourselves through what could be an emotional roller coaster when clearly it would be better all around to focus on Jesus and the love of our Heavenly Father instead? That's a good question. We are talking about human fathers today, though, because I believe it's important to talk about our dads. I believe it's important to encourage our fathers to become better dads or to keep on doing the great job they're already doing. Because simply put, being a father in today's world is a tough job. A lot of the world's problems today seem to come from families where moms and dads alike are not doing the job God has called them to do. Not recognizing the precious gift of parenthood they have been given. And in the process, they are creating an unending cycle of broken children. We need to help our parents, and certainly our fathers, see what it takes to answer that call that God has placed on them in being a parent. But even if you're not a father in any way, shape, or form, in this passage, there is a message here for everyone. God bless our fathers, though. No matter who they are, what kind of job they're doing, And I pray that our fathers, all of them, will become or be men of great faith and draw strength from God, the one Jesus refers to in this passage as Father. Now this passage today begins with Jesus praying. This is something he did a lot. Then the disciples watching him pray asked Jesus to teach them to pray. This is actually the only time the Bible records the disciples asking Jesus to teach them something specific. This leads Jesus to give them a model for prayer, which we now refer to as the Lord's Prayer. The full version of the prayer, as we know it, is found in Matthew's account of this event. But here Luke focuses on just part of it. Now there are a couple of things I want to point out as we move through this passage. The opening of the prayer in Luke's account is simply Father, not our Father who art in heaven, like we read in Matthew, and that we use when we... Say the Lord's Prayer together. I don't think the intent of Luke was to downplay God's sovereignty here, but indeed, he is emphasizing the Father part. God's name in this prayer is Father. It is a sacred name. It is the kingdom of this sacred Father that we are calling for. Your kingdom come. Then notice that in give us this day, it is assumed we are asking as a group, not as individuals. Give us. Not God, give me. This prayer is for us to pray together as the children of God, God the Father. As the prayer continues, God the Father is being asked to forgive all of our sins. Forgive us. And we are saying that we, us, forgive others. The last part of this prayer in Luke is the call not to lead us into temptation. Most of us would agree. That what we're asking for here is the strength to overcome evil and sin. Not really implying that God would lead us to be tempted. So to recap, what exactly have we asked for in this prayer? We pray as the children of God, our Father, that we want the kingdom of God to come. We want God to provide what we need. We want to be forgiven. We want God to keep us from falling into temptation. Okay so far? Got it? Jesus follows this teaching about prayer with a three-part clarification, which is part instruction, part parable. Now, the first part is a parable or story about two friends. And one friend is in need of bread in the middle of the night, and he comes to his friend asking for that bread. In those days when a traveler would show up at your door, it was required hospitality for the host to provide food, shelter, and specifically bread. It was a symbolic thing to their guests. Not to provide bread would have brought shame to the host. So what else would one do in the middle of the night when the markets are closed but go to a friend and ask them for help? A friend would understand. But this friend is not very understanding at all. The friend seems miffed that the other one would make him get up in the middle of the night, effectively waking up everyone in his house. Jesus says... That he gives him the bread, not because he is a compassionate friend, but because of the other man's boldness in the NIV translation and persistence in the NRSV translation. In other words, he gives him what he asks for, not because he's a nice guy who cares about his friend, but because he wants him to go away and leave him alone. That's a great friend for you. The second part of this instruction goes back to prayer and how to handle our relationship with God, especially regarding our prayers. Jesus tells us to ask, seek, and knock all the elements of bringing our desires to God. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Bring our desires, our wants, our needs, our requests to God, and God will hear us, give us what we desire, and open the doors to provide. Now think about that in relation to the parable of the two friends. The needy friend came seeking. He knocked on the door and asked for bread. It took persistence, but the other friend finally opened the door and gave him what he wanted. Is Jesus saying God the Father works this way? Is there any difference at this point between God the Father and this reluctant friend? Does God always give us what we ask for when we keep knocking, asking, and seeking? It might seem that Jesus is telling us that if we want something, pray to God and God will give it to us. Most of us know from experience this isn't what really happens. Children around the world ask for specific gifts at Christmas only to discover something quite different on Christmas morning. We often ask for loved ones to be healed and sometimes that is the opposite of what really happens. So what is Jesus telling us here? The third part helps us with the answer to that question. The third part is another parable of sorts. It's really a question, but it makes the point. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Again, it sounds like Jesus is continuing his idea that God, if he is a good father, will give us exactly what we ask for. So what is it? Well, he finishes the teaching with this statement, If you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him aha there it is that's how we know what Jesus is really saying he never says at all that we can give God a laundry list of requests and God will send us what we want the thing is that Jesus has already told us what to ask for remember Your kingdom come, provide what we need, forgive us as we forgive others, help us overcome temptation. That is how we, not I, we should pray. That is what Jesus is teaching us. Then Jesus teaches us that we are to be persistent and bold in our prayer. He teaches us that when our prayers align with the kingdom and will of God, then all we ask for will be ours. Ask. Seek, knock. That is how we discover the kingdom of God. And we receive understanding. We receive salvation. We receive, we are able to overcome temptation. Not by our power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that God gives us when we ask. This is the bread of life for those who believe. The only bread we need. Of all the things God can give us in this life, The Holy Spirit is the only gift we cannot receive until we ask for it. The power of the Holy Spirit opens doors, helps us overcome temptation and evil, gives us eternal life, and places us firmly in the kingdom of God. God becomes our Father, and we become God's children. Jesus teaches us to pray, and that prayer is a prayer of faith. In asking God for these things, we are in essence asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit and her power in our lives. If God gave us anything else, it would be like giving a snake to us instead of a fish, a scorpion instead of an egg. God's great love and compassion keep him from giving us anything else. He gave Jesus, his only son, this precious gift so that he could do his work here on earth. The Spirit gave him power. The Spirit gave him direction. The Spirit gave him life, which allowed him to walk out of the tomb. The same Spirit will give us power, direction, and life when we ask. So what does all that stuff about prayer, though, have to do with Father's Day? (laughs) Well, first and foremost, every day is Father's Day when we talk about God. God is our loving father, and we are God's children. But God also shows human fathers the importance of their job here on earth. Children are a gift and a beautiful responsibility. Fatherhood should always be grounded in prayer, our connection. With our Heavenly Father God as our father listens to his children loves his children wants to spend time with his children protects them provides for them disciplines them encourages them God as our father is there when we need him sacrifices for us and has compassion for us God gives us what we need in the Holy Spirit not because we keep bugging him and he just wants us to leave him alone, but because of his great, amazing, unconditional, unending love for us. We need to remember that even when our human fathers fail us, we do have a father that never will fail us. And dads, it's a tough job out there, but we're so glad that you've answered the call. Times may come when you feel overwhelmed or that you're not doing a good job. When you want to know what to do, begin with prayer. Ask God. When you want the strength to do the right thing, ask God. When you feel overwhelmed, draw on and seek the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't give up. Pray, 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 and pray some more. Ask, seek, knock. Love your kids. And know that God is loving you, too. You see, human beings are not perfect. No dad or father on earth will ever do everything right. But we all have a father who is willing and able to help our human fathers be the men God is calling them to be. There is no one way to be the best parent. There aren't any gifts you can give to win the Father of the Year Award. Love is all that matters. If we found out nothing over the quarantine, I know that many dads have discovered how precious just a little time spent with their children has been. Dad, love your children. Our children will ask for many things during their lifetimes. And we know that just giving them what they want is not always the best decision. So give them the gift of love and the gift of being men of faith, grounded in the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Share Jesus with them in all things and help open the door to their faith in Christ, Honestly, this is the best gift, the greatest gift you can give, the bread of life. If we all, as God's children, just keep this prayer in front of us each and every day, praying for the things Jesus told us to pray for, then we will have all we need. Jesus told us that we are to pray it together. This prayer is for us, all of us. And so as we close this morning, we will say the Lord's Prayer together. And after we say it together, I want you to think of someone, maybe your father, maybe a father, young or old, or a young man who may one day be a father, or maybe someone who is seeking a good father. Call them up. Text them. Send a card or find a way to give them a word of encouragement. Let them know God is with them, that they have a Father that loves them, that they are doing a good job, or just remind them that they are loved just the way they are. Let us encourage our fathers and each other this morning as we pray together the prayer. Jesus Christ taught us to pray. Please join me. and the glory forever and ever amen dads keep asking seeking and knocking god is with you as we celebrate father's day thank god for our fathers thank god who is our father and may god bless all his children everywhere amen